Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Hey, hey, Seattle. Welcome. It's a happy Saturday night right here in downtown Seattle, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. This is Christopher Chan, your advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your Commodore. Wait, your... uh what am I going to be? I'm going to be the, the salute to cider. I don't know. We'll figure that out. I've got It's Cider Week here and because Cider Week's coming up in Seattle. It's uh, the Cider Summit Seattle is coming up September 8th. And I've got Alan Shapiro, who is one of the founders of, or the founder of the Cider Summit Seattle. And Curtis Fenton, who is uh, the service manager over at Capital Cider on Capitol Hill. And they've got a huge uh, selection of great ciders, a great chef, and some great food. So we're going to talk all about uh, Johnny Appleseed and more. So, uh, Alan and Curtis, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks, Christopher. Good to be here. Right on. So, Cider Summit. I just did Psalm Summit here in Seattle, so that was a sommelier summit, but you have Cider Summit. Um, When did you get this idea, and uh, tell me about it. We've got a lot of alliteration going on, don't we? We do, yes. (laughs) Um, I was in the uh, specialty beer and cider importing business uh, starting in 2002, and in 2003, actually the summer of 2002, I traveled over to England to do some uh, searching for both beer and cider brands, or really beer. And I, as a f- favor to an industry friend, stumbled upon Aspel Cider in Suffolk, England, with really no interest in the cider category, honestly, at that time. I had uh, referred to myself as a recovering wine cooler salesman from my early career days. Really? And, Go Gallo. You know, I, was, I, was, I was the other team. I was, was uh, Seagram's, Seagram's, yep, Seagram's, the Wild Berry Wine Coolers, and like Bruce Willis was singing. You remember the song? Well, and uh, But I agreed to go uh, visit the people at Aspel because I was going to be in the neighborhood just as a courtesy, fully expecting to say thank you for a nice day, but, you know, I'm not interested in this stuff. Because uh, there's no history or tradition here, and you're, you're certainly not uh, farm to table. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I learned a few things. Uh, so I stumbled upon this uh, 270-year-old orchard. Actually, the estate goes back to about 1016. 1016. Is that William the Conqueror, I think? I, and, and some other interesting characters, I think, <laughs> uh, set foot through there. But uh, And the family's been making cider there since 1728, 150-acre uh, orchard estate just stunning. It was a beautiful summer day, and the the eighth generation Barry and Henry Chevalier Guild hosted me in classic English manor home that literally had a moat running around it that their great-grandmother used to pole vault across, as legend goes. Really? Now, it wasn't a huge moat, but a moat's a moat, as uh-huh, a friend of mine yeah, says. I mean, I don't know. And uh, so, uh, really was taken by that history and the experience of looking at the orchards and then tasted uh, their Aspel dry cider in a beautiful package. And it was, say that people with a good vo- vocabulary would call it their epiphany moment. Mm-hmm. I just kind of called it a wow moment. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, I was expecting that sweet wine coolery kind of thing. And it was really elegant, almost brute champagne-like. And I realized I had maybe just stumbled upon something here. And so April 2003, uh, I was importing Aspel Cider 
and uh, here for Seattle. Here to Seattle, huh? Yep, was our first market. Wow. And uh, there weren't a lot of cider brands on the shelves in those days, but the market really, really took to it. And uh, I think Spire was around back then. There was some. There was a wave of ciders in kind of the mid nineties, yeah. but that was really kind of an extension of that wine cooler right. kind of category. I think more than anything else, they were clean and slightly sweet, and just lacked a lot of character. But you know. The- there were a couple Inch- artisans around the country. Gateway sites. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so a few years later, uh, I was in the Bay Area visiting with an old beer industry friend of mine. And he was quizzing me about um, the cider category and especially artisanal ciders. And he, uh, I had worked with him uh, with one of the early craft beer brands called Pete's Wicked Ale, which if you're old enough, you might remember that one. Was that Massachusetts, or was yeah, that... It came out of the Bay Area, but oh, it was contract-produced around quite a bit. But he was a co-founder with Pete, and uh, he was listening to me explain what's starting to go on with the cider category. And he said, boy, that sure sounds like the late 80s, early 90s, when we were trying to build the craft beer business. And a big part of that mission was, uh, it seemed like every other weekend we were at some community fair or parking lot festival sampling beer, you know, consumer by consumer and explaining to them why beer could possibly be brown, let alone what dry hopped meant, <laughs> and why it sold for the outrageous price of five ninety nine a six pack back then. Exactly. And so he said if Case uh, of Rhinelander went for five ninety nine. You were drinking fancy. That's <laughs> yeah. right. So we were uh he said if I was you I'd really consider creating a, a cider festival and give people that sampling experience and try to remove the mystery of this, you know, stuff that's starting to show up on the shelves and in the bars. And I remember saying to him, you know, when I was in my 20s and worked for you, I really didn't think you were all that smart. But now I, <laughs> oh, now wow. I kind of get it. <laughs> I like it. And so we... Young uh, Jedi. Yeah. So we uh, sat on the idea for a couple of years and then finally by about 2010... You mean thought, during that recession? <laughs> <laughs> there was some stuff going on. Uh, busy trying to get my importing business going, but uh, finally in 2010, I felt like, all right, it's time to take the chance. And so we managed to cobble together a selection of maybe 40 ciders. Uh, some imports, you know, a number of local companies were just starting to get in the game then. And we created this festival uh, where we're still at at South Lake Union Discovery Center. And we didn't know if anyone was going to show up. Uh, but about 400 people did that first year and seemed to like the festival. And so it uh, gave us a false sense of security, and we kept moving forward with it. And here we are uh, coming up on our eighth anniversary. Yeah, 2010 down at South Lake Union, there were still some uh, indigent people <laughs> hanging around there. A very it's different changed a little today. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, now it's a whole different pocket protector world down there or something like that. Uh, speak with Alan Shapiro, who is the founder of Cider Summit Seattle, taking place September 8th down at uh, the South Lake Union Discovery Center, uh, the SLU. And also have uh, Curtis Fenton, who is the service manager at Capital uh, Cider, which is on Capitol Hill, of course, uh, but they spell it differently, I think. And anyway, we're chatting about this. This is cool. So you had uh, started with 400 people. What was the ticket back in 2010? Oh, maybe 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Now, where are we now? And how does someone sort of get some information on Cider Summit? So everything someone needs to know is at CiderSummit.com and, of course, at Facebook and Twitter under the Cider Summit handles. Um, we uh, are kind of bursting at the seams at our park. Uh, yes. And, um, 800 a- people last year or something, right? Uh, no, we're now doing about 2,500 people oh, over, the, over the two days of Friday oh. and Saturday. Yeah, lucky. So, um, 
and we're now there's more cideries that want to be a part of it than we can possibly accommodate so we're now up to about 50 different brands and the better part of 200 different ciders and some cider cocktails and occasionally a mead or two thrown in there a mead yes um and so it's um and we've expanded to three other cities, uh, Portland, Chicago, and San Francisco Bay Area. So, Oh, we, so you did the one in Chicago. So I remember uh, Kristen Ackerman was out there helping, starting to launch your magazine. Right. So there was um, an industry conference that started out there, I think, in 2012. And then in 2013, I thought it might be cool to build one of our festivals around it and make it uh, kind of like the Great American Beer Festival of the cider world. Sure. Because we would have be able to have a really diverse selection of cider makers because they were coming to that conference from all over the festival. And now that has grown to actually be our biggest event uh, each year with over 3,000 people attending. Uh, and it's our only indoor event because it's in February. So right. <laughs> being in Chicago, that would be kind of a big gamble. Yeah, so is that uh, the McCormick Place or something? or is it? We're in... actually at Navy Pier. Okay. So oh, yeah. So we're right at the end. At, uh, Fun. Right That's downtown. a good spot. It's very cool. We're in, we've graduated into the main, uh, what they call the Grand Ballroom. Sure. And it's a two-story event. Um, wow. And uh, great. It's just it's a super cool room. I mean, we, we try to put the festivals in interesting places because uh, I think that if you put people in a, a nicer environment, they'll respect it a little better. And we've been, uh, <laughs> in theory, and uh, no, we've been really lucky because the people that turn out to our festivals, I think are really genuinely interested in, in meeting the cider makers and learning what's going on in the category. And um, it's not, you know... Um, well, I don't fr- think a frat it, boy drunk fest. You know? <laughs> Nothing again fraternity yeah, boys. But you're right. I don't think people say, hey, let's go get ripped on cider. But let's go get ripped on beer or get some cocktails and get our buzz on. But cider's still got that sort of insular, um, hey, this is more of a, a food kind of thing than, than just let's a, a beer fest. I think the other thing that's kind of cool right now is we're still at a stage where far more often than not, it's the cider makers and the owners of the companies that are at pouring, you know, the ciders behind the tables. And so, again, kind of making the beer category analogy, if you were in Portland in 1991, you were probably going to meet Curtin Rob Widmer, you know, for example. And and so that's the case now uh, with almost all the tables. And so if people want to, people can have the option of buying a VIP ticket. And that gets them in uh, early on Friday, September 8th, so between 2 and 3, and we limit the number of people that can get those. So that's a great time if you want to get all cider geek with uh, uh, some of the cider makers to really have a little bit better quality time and ask questions. I always say go for the VIP experience because uh, you can always go back to the other, but you know, now you know what it's like. (laughs) Express entry, extra tasting tickets, access to the right people. It's uh, it's the way to go if you can get yourself out of work on Friday afternoon at two two o'clock. Well, I think uh, that's certainly doable, especially that uh, that's the uh, week after, it's Labor Day week, right? Right after Labor Day is our traditional weekend. So it's a short week and (laughs) people are thinking. Take the full week off. There's a football game, I'm sure, coming that weekend as well. Excuse me. So I see you've got a bunch of bottles here. Why don't you share some of the names of the ciders you have? And I trust that these ciders will be present at the event? Uh, yes, we've got a huge selection here, and there's a, a couple. We'll get into some food pairings in a bit, I know. But one, I think, um, is kind of a unique program for us this year is the Finn River Cider Summit collaboration. Uh, so Finn River's... Uh, um, 
Should we go ahead and drink that now, Chris? Yeah, Fin River. Sure, I'd love a taste. A Fin River Farm and Cidery. I know they participate in the Seattle Wine Awards, and they, they do some great cider. And um, some unique ciders. I think they're very artisanal and uh, it, a very traditional method, it seems to me. I mean, there's there's really two kinds of cider. The uh, commercial cider, like Angry Orchard, which I think is absolute garbage. Are they there? I would I would never comment in, uh, <laughs> in such a public forum. No, they actually are not. I mean, part of the mission Good. of the festival is... Um, to give access, hopefully, to a very interested consumer pool to the vendors who wouldn't normally, you know, have uh, the financial resources to reach 3,000, you know, passionate, you know. So Angry Orchard is an example. You know, they're owned by Boston Beer Company, which yes. is Sam Adams. Yes. They have the ability to access the marketplace. Yeah, they do. You know, they without, the, so. Yeah, yeah Finn River is a great example of kind of uh, really farm-to-table cidery, the farm out in Chimicum on the peninsula. Mm. And, um, wow. So the, you know, I co-founded the festival with my friends that produce Seattle Beer Week, and they did a very successful program each year where they pick a, a local brewery who will um, make a, a special beer for Seattle Beer Week, and we decided to incorporate that into the Cider Summit for 2017. When did you have to tell them that? When did you have to ask that, solicit that? Is that, like, last spring? Uh, we probably started working on that yeah last summer. Okay, so, so right to get ready for enough, February, right? yeah. All right, because our first event each year is uh, Chicago in February, and so we needed to find um, one of the partners uh, who has distribution in all the cities in which we do business, and we wanted to. It's um, pretty neat. Yeah, so Special we wanted release. to stay kind of true to the apple, but let them get a little creative. And so saison yeast, some uh, black pepper, some apricot notes, I believe, in there. Now, this is just pure apple, though, right? You're not saying you're adding other... Correct. Okay. Yeah, I tasted it. A... It's got layers of flavor. And um, I'll ask Curtis to step in. Curtis, you've tasted a lot of, of ciders. You, have you tasted this particular cider? You know, just uh, last week, we had the pleasure of having Andrew, the head cider maker down at Finn River, in um, at Capital Cider doing a tasting with us. And he introduced us to the... Uh, the collaboration cider here and that saison yeast just does a fantastic you know estery fruitful spicy kind of a flavor profile on top of the on top of the apple juice and i, I just think it's a wonderful cider so the yeast makes those additional flavors those uh phenols or uh yes 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 like 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 your saison beer yeast you know similar done with done with a done with an apple must and it's an it's an awesome product well it is really delicious there's a lot of depth of flavor here and when we come back from this break we're going to try some more of these fantastic ciders and talk about what makes a great cider and how to appreciate a cider because everybody's looking for the sweet thing it's like pink wine rosés change the world <laughs> and uh we're changing the world right here on happy hour radio A Northwest Original, Lars Larson, live weekdays noon to 3, Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, hey, welcome back. It's a happy hot Saturday night here in the town of Seattle, the little town, the rainy day hideaway, which we haven't seen rain forever. I'm loving that. Um, but it's raining apples and pears and uh, cider. Oh, my. I've got Alan Shapiro, the founder of the Cider Summit Seattle. We also do it at Cider Summit Chicago and Portland. He is the man of cider. And uh, Curtis Fenton is the service manager over at uh, Capital Cider on Capitol Hill. We just popped uh, this really tasty um, 
special release, which is a is it a collaborative event or is it just one cidery producing this for the Cider Summit? The collaboration is between Cider Summit and Fin River. Oh, I see. So exclusively, Fin River is uh, okay, producing so, it for this year. We may rotate it in future years to, to other cidery partners. Yeah, so it's not like everyone brings in uh, you know a, a gallon of their own cider juice and you all f- ferment it dry and that's what you get. No, you got to keep it simple. I see. Keep it simple. That's probably best. So one of the questions I have with cider is that, um, you know, we think about Adwala went through a problem years ago with E. coli, with apples being on the ground and fertilizer and the manure, natural stuff, and that, that kind of hurt there. Is there any uh, concern for cider? Should we look for things on labels to be cognizant of some of the, the natural things that may... It's it's not my core area of expertise, but I think fermentation cures a whole lot of things, right? So, <laughs> so when you go back a long, long time ago when the water supply was right, suspect, right. right? The old story of feeding like uh, oatmeal stout, especially to like nursing mothers, that was because the water. alcohol, yeah, the and so the alcohol would purify uh, the water. So I think more than I'm not aware of any of those kinds of issues for. You yeah, know, we haven't heard anything, but I would imagine there's is because this is not a, a USDA thing, is it? Having cider apples, that's a different crop, right? The um, FDA regulates part of this, but as an alcoholic product, and also as part of the TTB, yeah. which yeah. means it's, it's all crazy. So we will, it's, yeah, that's, we will go down that road. <laughs> so this that's is a very a tasty hole. cider, and I know that people think about cider. We're, we're talking about uh, a variety of apples. Curtis, do you know about different uh, apples varieties or, or different? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, we have a plethora of different ciders in front of us here. Some are more focused on single varieties. Some are more uh, blends dealing with uh, local uh, lo- you know, local centric. Uh, the Seattle cider thing we're uh, drinking right now—that's got a really interesting story, and it's a—it's a blend of like forty plus local so apples. It says um, City Fruit. Is this from the from the project from City Fruit? Exactly. That's something that Seattle cider undertook with City Fruit is a fundraising project and is made exclusively with apples wow. they're looking after, and uh, is sold, I believe, exclusively at our other primary sponsor, Whole Foods. Uh, throughout the Seattle metro area. Interesting. And this is actually the first time I'm getting the chance to taste this one, but I thought it would be kind of a cool one to talk about. Yes, this is uh, this is very tart. This has great acidity. This is highest acid, and this is more of that um, austere apple and a bit of, of Meyer lemon flavor with a hint of yeast on the finish. It, it It's hard to call it cider in a way because we're, we're always thinking treetop apple juice, and we don't. There's not many of those flavors here. But like the first one was very apple essent esque. That's a word. <laughs> uh, but this tastes more like um, a different beverage. What's your comment? A much uh, cleaner fermentation and yeast profile that you know dries it out quite a bit. A, a crisp finish relative to the uh, citrusy, the uh, the saison estery profile we had going on earlier. So, uh, so it's a much drier, astringent profile on the mouth and. Uh, and uh, just a, a, a different cider experience, but uh, but crisp and refreshing and great on a on a hot day like we're dealing with out we there are, today. Yes, huh? <laughs> a hot night, and um, this is six point three percent. I think this is a great project. This is available at Whole Foods. This is still available out out in the marketplace. It was as of a couple hours ago. Oh, right, on. picked it up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well that's pretty neat because I know that when we did the Holiday Wine Fest last year, our beneficiary was City Fruit, and, and supporting that organization was really a cool thing. In my neighborhood, there are all sorts of trees: plum trees, pear trees, apple trees. I live in West Seattle. Seattle and North Admiral, and it's great because I walk down the, you know, hey, it's right plum. It's like it's really fun for me. Um, but this is delicious, and you know, cider prices g- run the gamut. Um, what are some of the the factors that are, 
affect the price of a cider? I know because Angry Orchard is going to you know work us down on on price point, <laughs> five ninety nine if you buy a case or whatever. Anyway, what are some of the factors? I mean, first and foremost, it's the apples that go in the bottle, right? So uh, most of what we're going to be tasting today really focuses on heirloom apple types, crab apple, higher tannins, higher acids, bitter sharps, bitter sweets, they're kind of referred to. Now, just like you can make wine from Thompson Seedless, right, it's not going to have the same level of complexity and depth and style and all those things that, you know, a Chardonnay or, or... whatever you know would have so i'm hearkening back to my jug wine days when <laughs> when, when, when chipley meant something though. very different jug from, wine is coming back i mean <laughs> i see true. i see half gallons of good wine now you know that's, and in boxes of wine it's crazy yeah absolutely <laughs> so first and foremost it's the apples that go into the bottle you can make a decent tasting product with uh apple concentrate that's been bulk shipped from china and add water <laughs> right. and sugar and things like that and you'll have a very pleasant beverage, but it won't be like what we've just tasted or what we're going to taste later today. You know, my college my college roommate, his father was the general manager of a big apple company here, and he told me that, you know, Washington is responsible for apples in New Zealand and apples in China. And, you know, it's one of those little things like, you know, back in the 80s, that was pretty cool to help them out. But now it's like, forget it. It's over. <laughs> That's we're moving to grapes anyway. So, um, Curtis, you, you have a bunch of cider. Tell us about Capital Cider on Capitol Hill. Where are you at? Uh, right up on the corner of Broadway and Pike, uh, fantastic spot. Wow, great, that uh, is a spot. Great, uh, great, great dinner options. We're a hundred percent gluten free restaurant, uh, so all the food we do fits right in with um, with the with the cider gluten free aspect of whatnot. Very, uh, very attentive to all sorts of allergen needs and whatnot, but uh, but always have twenty rotating taps of ciders ranging from everything you could imagine, plus a vast list of specialty bottles and. Uh, just yeah, just a fantastic product list of anything you're looking to get introduced to or try or have an expectation for something that you can't get anywhere else. We're we're a fantastic spot to come in and and and, and drink and have a good time. So let's think about the world of cider. So I, I would say that obviously uh, in France we have uh, Normandy and Brittany, which are known for some of their ciders and their apples and their Calvados and pear. Uh, the pear deal, <laughs> the pear tart, I think is what I'm trying to say. But also uh, the Basque region of Spain. What other areas in the world are are, are known for cider? Um, we, well, England, of course. Yes, England, okay. Yeah, so the main ones, England, France, Spain. Uh, we get, it's still United Kingdom, but we have some cider usually at the event from Scotland, this uh-huh. across. Um, we have had, there's a little smattering in Germany, a little bit in Austria, uh, we've had some at some past events from New Zealand. Mm, okay. Uh, so there's a smattering out there, but those are the main sure. places along with different regions around the U.S. And we, we think about represent. those regions, too. They're, they're really distinct styles. I think when we think of the Basque region of Spain, which is kind of the the culmination of so many different cultures that that area is known for this wild ferment that this this real this is a rogue yeast you know this is what's on this is how it's been done forever and we're not changing it and so it has a very uh interestingly complex and um wild sauvage flavor it's pretty shocking to some people initially but i think that um if you're uh if we have some beer geeks out there that like sour or specifically you know the belgian style goose that you know wild fermented sour funky they might find some affinity for these basque ciders and the the highly acidic nature of those and so part of our mission with the festival besides 
really focusing on our local and regional brands and giving them access to the market is to um, represent kind of all of the classic styles of cider and all the classic regions um, from around the world. And so we'll you'll have some Normandy cider, some Basque cider, um, and of course, usually we have about a half dozen states and a half dozen countries. So um, there must be is there an international push or a national push or even a regional push to sort to quantify the, the characteristics of cider? I know that the Riesling is going through some of that challenge, knowing is that Riesling is always sweet. Well, it's not the sweetness; it's always the acid you want to talk about. Whereas cider, does it have residual sugar? Does semi dry? Is it off dry? Is it dry? Is it brute? Is it um, what? Are there some things that pe- consumers can sort of help to understand? Is there, is there a website that that sort of helps uh, teach and share the information that people should recognize or understand? The um, United, States, United States Association of Cider Makers, USACM, has actually just put together their first program uh, similar to the Cicerone program for beer and the Sommelier program for wine. Uh, okay. And so that's really about education and food pairings. Um, one of the challenges, I think, for the cider category right now is that it is such a huge array. Yes. It's part of the fun of it. But in, you know, when you go into a wine shop and ask for a bottle of Chardonnay, you have some idea of what that varietal <laughs> character is and you know what you're expecting when you pick up that bottle. But you kind of know from regionals, though. You know a California Chardonnay is going to probably be a little more oaky versus a white Burgundy or a Chablis. It's going to have more acidity. And something from Washington, you really don't know. <laughs> Could be anything. And, that, you know, t- and that's really kind of the way of something that's just labeled cider right now. Right, can it's such a huge thing among the you know nearly 200 products we have at the festival. You know, there's not really two or three that taste alike. Yeah, well, that's really mm-hmm. exciting to, and you have a program guide for everybody to taste. Yeah, the cider summit's coming up; it's uh, September 8th, and I know that Curtis, you have some food pairings here because Capital Cider is a restaurant and a cider house. You have probably wine and beer too, I imagine. Yes, huh? yes, yes, everything you could ever want. We Every- we, we can hook you <laughs> up. All you right, know. <laughs> how about that? I love it. So you brought uh, several different brights to pair today. Bites correct, to pair. Correct, correct, correct. Yes. Okay. When we come back from this break, we're going to uh, check out some of these delicious bites. I saw some, and I'm really curious because obviously as a sommelier, uh, advanced sommelier that is, I should know how to pair some of these ciders, and it's been one of those areas of uh, exploration for me. So stick around. We'll explore together right here on Happy Hour Radio. Big names, big news. Sean Hannity, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m., Talk Radio 570, KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Somalia, Christopher Chan. Hey, 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 welcome back. It's time for round three, and I've got three glasses of cider in front of me with uh, two cool cats. Uh, one is Alan Shapiro, the founder of Cider Summit Seattle, coming up September 8th. The other is um, Curtis uh, Fenton, who is the service manager over at Capital Cider. It's on the corner of Broadway and Pine. Pike. 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 Hey, you've got three ciders. You're going to do a food pairing here. You brought some tasty food. Tell me what ciders you have. Yeah, we kind of went uh, centric on more local northwest uh, cideries here. Uh, Got three fantastic cideries. Dragon's Head off of Vashon Island. Uh, We brought their Kingston Black single varietal. Kind of a, you know... Kingston Black always heralded as the the premium single varietal you can use for a cider. Great balance of uh, acid, tannin, mouthfeel, uh, just just a wow. really really great 
great apple to 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 highlight in a in a cider. It, it reminds like that. me of Burgundy, red Burgundy. It mm-hmm. tastes like a red mm-hmm. wine to me. Crazy, but you know, just that that slight richness. It's just a it's just a fantastic apple. It's because it's got some tannin and it absolutely. has some weight. Absolutely, mm, wow, that's yummy. Okay. And uh, kind of a, a different direction, we uh, also brought Alpenfire's Pirate's Plank. It's a real Arr. bone-dry cider, uh, a great mix of bittersweets and bitter sharps. Um, just uh, just a, a, a great cider to kind of cut through huh. whatever you can pair with that. Think think just like a, like the driest wine you could drink. That 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 sharpness. It's it's all there. It's it's a, it's a fantastic. God, that is a dry cider. very clean, refreshing, um, interesting, mildly complex. Slightly savory, slightly ever so slightly sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really cool. a, there's a, about a three to four month uh, barrel aging process that uh, really adds in kind of that that tannin quality, that mouth feel. That's mm-hmm. that's where you're getting Great all texture. that. Wonderful. And then we also brought uh, Carlton Cider Works out of uh, Oregon. Their Somerset Cider. It's a fifty percent crab, fifty percent Gravenstein, uh, naturally fermented. So all the all those wild yeasts that are prevalent on the on the apple skins kind of take over and just oh, make wow. a fantastic really highly acidic wow. crisp cider with that guy it's it's, it's a fantastic fantastic That's beautiful these are all fantastic I, i'm i'm smitten i am in just in love with cider but let's talk about cider and food because i think a lot of times um we'll find a cider and it we have to go to Capital Cider. You must be the the Browers of beer here yeah, in Washington that's, that's, State. That's what we like. You're the to, Browers like of cider. Like to think. Yes, because a lot of ciders you'll find at a regular pub will be that that average one that is just got a little bit of sweetness and it's very innocuous, but but it's not. It doesn't have gluten, mm-hmm. and that's why sometimes it's refreshing. But when it comes to pairing, let's talk about this. You have this single variety black. Um, was it Black King? Kingston Black. Kingston Black. Yes. Okay, what did you um, pair with this? What's the idea? So we uh, brought along our chicory salad with this. Uh, it's a really simple uh, um, citrus-centric dressing. So avocado, lime, dukkha spice, with it being like herbs, nuts, um, dried scallions, and a, and a Caesar dressing. So it's a, it's a very tart, bright salad dressing that just pairs wonderfully with the well-balanced nature of the single varietal Kingston Black. Um, just that rich tannin, mouthfeel, um, slightly acidic quality just just blends so well together. Wow. First of all, that salad is absolutely delicious. That is really tasty. And I like that it, uh, it's got weight to it. It's got great crunch. Um, the sharpness of the... Is there some garlic in there? The 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 duca spice that we put in there adds kind of that uh, interesting mm. nutty herbaceous spicy quality that's just that's just fantastic. This yeah. is cool. This works. Um, so this is probably you have a, a side salad. This is an actual dish. Uh, yes, uh, one of our one of our uh, one of our salad dishes we have. Uh, we're uh, very very yeah. centric on like soups and salads, small dishes before entrees, and uh, we love to be able to pair ciders with every meal we bring to the table, and uh, and then an extensive Calvados dessert, ice cider, wine leading into desserts. Oh, we we want to give you the full experience when you come in wow. and be able to drink, al- drink along with your eating. I can't wait. We have an event next week, so uh, we're going to be there, and uh, we'll be tasting some cider okay. and some more food. So um, cool. Great pairing. Congratulations. That does really work. Um, this is a very very flavorful salad but the the cider actually holds up it has complexity it has a good weight to it sharpness but it's dry it cleanses the palate well um what's the next well, tell me about what's the price point for this at in a restaurant um the uh the the salad is uh no not the salad <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> the cider <laughs> 
the uh, the cider uh, Dragon's Head we will often do uh, by the bottle. Uh-huh. Um, so you can come in. It's a know, 750, and that's probably 25 dollars, 35 uh, n- bucks. Not that much. It? Not that much. Uh, we're more like 20 dollars for for, uh, for yeah, a bottle great. there. So it's a great. I mean, like your like your drinking a bottle of wine at the table it goes along with that you can you can uh split it as many ways as you like but uh <laughs> but you know i mean ciders like this kind of drink fantastic with a with a six ounce pour as you go you know mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to have a pint of this with, sure. with your meals it's a so you, that's it's great a you have smaller variety. pours so you can really try a lot of them and um that's delicious i love that it's kingston black Correct. from a single variety dragon's of head right island. out of uh, bashan island they just uh are Super small kind of farm to table with how they do it. Uh, fresh pressed juices. It's just it's just an awesome awesome thing they do. Oh, I'm uh, I'm sold. This is delicious. So uh, next one is the uh, the Alpenfire Alpen Pirates Plank. Yes, uh, a uh, wonderful, real bone dry, bitter sharp, bitter sweet blend. Um, Alpenfire out of Port Townsend is just awesome in what they do. They're very centric on uh, organic ciders, no sulfites added. Um, yeah, kind of taking that like higher road in the sense that all sulfites are naturally ferment or you know naturally come about during fermentation but uh it's it's just such a cool clean all natural way that they What are you going to pair with this? So we have our uh God that is a very speck clean and melon with this clean. guy. So Oh um, speck. Now speck is a pork product from Germany, isn't it? Yes, it's a uh, it's a smoked prosciutto uh, wrapped around a uh, Crenshaw melon slight um uh, Lovage salt on top for kind of a kind of a bringing out the Lovage. salty flavorage. Lovage, is <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, olive oil dressing. So it's really sweet, really salty. Um, just pairs wonderfully with the bone dry crispness, the uh, the oak aging tannin uh, qualities done with the Alpen Fire, and uh, just just works really well together. It's cool um, because the the uh the melon and prosciutto is a classic dish, um, and it's very simple in a way because there's not a lot of complexity to melon or cantaloupe, and but the the saltiness really works for that pairing. And you've got just enough acidity here to match the cantaloupe, but also to match with the saltiness because acid and salt you have to match, and there's no sweetness here. Um, nice and clean, and it, that's really a clean flavor because it kind of just, just disappears. The olive oil is a very light dressing. Nice yeah, job. Yeah, you know, I mean, simple can be so good, right? Uh, don't 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 have to hide and mask and create all these things that aren't just naturally supposed to be there when when you when you're eating dishes mm, like this. Yummy. And so that's on your menu. Both of those are on your, on your menu as well. Yes, Love yes, it. Yes. This is great. I got the chef in the house. Well, almost. Uh, <laughs> I got takeout. Um very cool. So we have one more pairing here from Carlton Cider Works and that's down in Oregon. I was just there last week for the International Pinot Noir celebration. And uh, that one reminds me of a red wine, which is really, really kind of interesting. Uh, I've never been able to said that about a, either a beer or a cider that it reminds me of a red wine. But um, this is uh, what do you have? This is looks interesting. So the uh, the Carlton uh, Cider Works Somerset is a fantastic blend. It's a crab apple Gravenstein blend. Um, the the crabs come from Oregon. The Gravenstein comes from Washington. Crab apples. And because uh, <laughs> they make a lot of crab, they have a lot of Dungeness crab down there. Crab ah, yes, apples. ah, yes, ah, yes. <laughs> so this is going to be a very highly acidic cider um, that we are pairing with a Cascade Creamery cheese today. Uh, really kind of uh, great cutting profile through the rich cheese. The uh, Sleeping Beauty is the cheese variety. It's uh, smooth, buttery, kind of a supple sharpness that just uh, just is 
cut fantastically with the highly acidic Carlton cider. Mm. You have a, a mustard something as well. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, just kind of a you know your little stone ground mustard. Just 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 enough to give a give an interesting edge mm. to to the to the to the creamy sharpness of the cheese. I like this because the acid in this cider actually pairs well with the creaminess on because. Um, there's always a sharpness to cheeses. This is both creamy and sharp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Creamy texture, creamy finish. But it has sharp notes um, from the aging process. And it works very well. This is really cool. I've never actually had a cider food pairing. Yeah, it's a, I mean, similar profiles to some of your uh, your 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 white wines and whatnot and how they work. But it's just a, a more estery, fruitful aspect to it that that can really bring out some great great flavors and great profiles mm. alan do we have food at the cider summit yeah so actually our two leading sponsors capital cider and whole foods are there and they craft their menus kind of just in this way so they'll have a handful of options and uh, available probably for four to eight dollars and people can experiment and we also have a couple other snack vendors uh, uh bija chocolates has been with us for a couple of years now cool and so we'll do a little uh homework in advance of the event and they'll have some suggested pairings with a few different styles of chocolate they'll be pouring and even sometimes the crave jerky guys will experiment a little bit <laughs> crave jerky oh, love those so, folks soup to nuts almost wow we live in a, such a great place in the world a, a bountiful place and uh, we have a couple more ciders to check out so stick around folks i got alan shapiro and curtis fenton from uh, uh, Cider Summit Seattle, right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's back and he's in charge. Kirby Wilbur, live and local, weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570, KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, it's uh, Johnny Appleseed here. I've got uh, lots of cider. Wriggled and jiggled and tiggled in cider is what it is. I've got uh, Alan Shapiro, the founder of Cider Summit in Seattle, and uh, Curtis Fenton, who's over at uh, uh, Capital Cider on Broadway and Pike. Hey, we've tasted some fantastic ciders. Now we need more cider, of course, because you have how many... People coming. How many cideries coming to some cider summit? We will have uh, around fifty different producers slash importers at the event this year, and pretty close to two hundred unique ciders. I love it. And so uh, tickets are VIP. Cost what? VIP is available online right now at forty dollars. Forty dollars plus all the Seattle and Washington taxes and all that stuff. Um, excuse me, forty plus all that, and. Uh, those are sold, uh, VIPs are sold online in advance only. We will okay. have walk-up day of. Um, Cider Summit. CiderSummit.com. NW, it yeah. says. That one works, too. It forwards oh, to CiderSummit.com. Cider, okay, com. great. CiderSummit.com. Now, we have two ciders here. I asked you to open one that was your uh, wow moment. Uh, tell me about this first cider. Right, so we're having, my wow is actually the Aspel Dry. We're tasting the Aspel Demisec. And so this is their uh, slightly sweet version of it to me it's um it's almost in wine terms I, I, it kind of i think it's a little gewurztraminery and there's a little bit of spice to it and you know maybe that tell me what you think maybe the equivalent of about a point point and a half of residual sugar rough in that bottle, maybe a bit higher i don't know yeah the acid's just just over medium um and it's uh very fine acidity the, the flavor here is it has a little bit of tropical notes to it i think it makes me a fruit cocktail kind mm. of a um, Curtis, what do you think? 
I think they do a fantastic job having like a a, 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 a true like you know demi sec a sweetness that that lingers, but it it has the the mouthfeel and the and the interesting kind of full bodied that that lingers and stays with you and just really works well with the semi sweetness of it. I I love that it kind of hangs out and you know coats coats the throat a little bit as it goes down. It's just it's a little bit thicker, a little bit more viscous kind of mouthfeel, and I think it's wonderful. Great texture, and it's because uh, semi semi sweet ciders you can often think you know seven up kind of thing. It's like all right, it just it's just. Actually, like lemon lime, Cragmont. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Tasty. What does this bottle cost if we went to the store? A uh, store you'll see that typically about seven dollars. Seven bucks on the shelf. Say, yeah. That's a five hundred ml bottle, sixteen point nine ounces. And uh, proof or uh, um, ABV? Six point eight percent ABV. <laughs> All right. The, like uh, from a food standpoint, uh, a lot of times uh, people think apple, apple cider, and pork, and this is actually uh, would be a great one to pair with that. I think because it's got a little more body to it, a little more depth uh, to hold up to a little bit richer mm-hmm. um, flavors. And, and there's all kinds of pork. <laughs> there's a lot of pork options. <laughs> yeah, there are. Very neat. Well, you have a, a very unique cider here. You said it was barrel aged, and it comes from the Great White North. Yeah. So uh, our friends at Sea Cider in Sanicton, I believe, is how it's pronounced in San BC. Uh, okay. And, like a Penticton, uh, and have uh, <laughs> been with us kind of from day one, and uh, they were one of the pioneers up there of making more exotic and, and interesting and prohibition. Classic yeah. So um, this is a rum barrel aged. Uh, very uh, much higher alcohol than a lot of ciders. This is 12 and a half. And it was, I believe, originally called Rum Runner. And our friends at the TTB objected to that. Right. So this was uh, renamed <laughs> wow. Prohibition. And it's um, quite often uh, one of our most popular ciders at the event. In fact, let me try it right now. Please so do. I can, you speak I, of it in a bit more educated way. It's a, it's a very <clears throat> elegant, sophisticated, textural lithe cider. It's got a depth of flavor that, that sort of creeps up on you along with that warming of the belly. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. That finish, those rum notes on the finish. Are, Slight really vanilla. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. wonderful how it lingers with you. Vanilla or a little toffee or coconut even. I'm like just like somewhere in the Caribbean, kind of, um, eating apples underneath a apple tree. <laughs> uh, pretty neat. This is uh, How long does this take to the city agent? Was it four months, he said? or I think that's uh, roughly a typical cycle. Um, for something like that, the the barrel aged ones they might actually be a bit longer. Mm, wow, that's yummy! And does have a little residual sugar to it. Yep. But I think sometimes if I always say, look, if vanilla extract sound smells fantastic, but if you taste it, it's horrible. <laughs> Add some sugar, and it's going to be great. So sugar helps carry some of those um, little compounds that we we our old factory bulb. Each year, there's one or two ciders at the festival that kind of the buzz starts to spread throughout the park. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to try this. So fun. And um, this has been one of them quite often. Well, this has been a a real treat for me. Thank you, gentlemen. uh, Alan Shapiro from uh, Cider Summit, which is coming up September 8th over at uh, South Lake Union, cidersummit.com. And Curtis Fenton, the service manager of Capital Cider um, on Broadway and Pike here in Capitol Hill. What's your website? CapitalCider.com. And that's Capitol. Yes, yes, yes. Capitol. With an, with o. an o. Yeah. C-A-P-I-T-O-L. Come check us out. We uh, we rotate our draft list. There's always new stuff to try. Seven days a week? Seven days a week. Right Lunch, dinner, brunch on weekends. It's, it's Fantastic. awesome. Fantastic. Well, guys, um, I will be in France during Cider Summit, but I want you all to be down there and, and uh, tell me all about it. So I look forward to your reviews coming up next month, September 8th. But, hey, if you're out and about, remember, life's always better with a designated driver. Cheers!